get into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another edition of the Spoiler Room. So glad you could venture down here and join us in our special room <laughs> tonight. Uh, I am joined uh, by uh, the multi-talented Angelique Bone. She is back with us tonight. Hello, Angelique. How are you? Hello. I am great. How are you? I'm doing well. So glad you could come into our special room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm tied up in the snuggle dungeon right now, so. <laughs> uh, how appropriate for tonight's movie, which we're talking about, which is uh, it, Secretary. No one wanted to talk to me about the necrophilia, uh, wo the woman who discovers necrophilia and joins a necrophilia cult. I can't understand that, but we're, we're talking Secretary. I'm glad you could join us for this one, at least. Uh, that that film... Here. That film was from the 70s, uh, Love Me Deadly, if you've ever checked it out. There's a bizarre film. Um, so today, though, we're looking at Secretary. It's from 2002, starring James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And Angelique, it's been a while since you've been in a spoiler room. You do these so well. Why don't you give the synopsis for our listeners of Secretary? All right. Well, Secretary is the story of Lee Holloway, a damaged, depressed girl, um, has some psychological issues and uh, is released from a mental hospital and tries to get back into real life, takes a job as a secretary for a lawyer, Mr. E. Edward Gray, um, who is also damaged as well. <laughs> and... Uh, they start a uh, power-based relationship uh, and end up living happily ever after. That's really well put. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> brought to us by a director, Stephen Shaneberg, who hadn't done a whole lot. Uh, this is a very quirky and interesting film. And Angelique, do you remember when you first saw it? Oh, gosh. Um Yes. <laughs> um, it was actually, I, I picked it up uh, previewed at Blockbuster. Ooh. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, it was a weird time in my life. I, I, I kind of feel a weird kinship with Lee mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Uh, but, like, I'm not a romantic movie kind of gal. Sure. You know my taste. I'm you know, pretty much <laughs> blood, guts, and fart jokes. Or, that's pretty much the repertoire. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, you know, yeah, we like what we like. That's right. Um, but this is like, holy smokes, what a beautiful, weird love story. 
it is it is so quirky and weird and let me tell you watching it again i am surprised that they didn't sue the shit out of miss 50 shades of gray um never mind the <sighs> never mind the fact that we have the true mr gray mm-hmm. um and as you mentioned lee holloway and what is amazing about this, and I can say this because I marathoned, for some God knows reason, I marathoned the Fifty Shades movies. I watched, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I watched number one, number two, and then went to the theater that night to see number three. I remember that because we were all worried about you. You, Everybody was worried <laughs> about me mentally. We were very <laughs> concerned because... There's only so much of that you can take. It, it It's so horribly written. It felt like someone, you know, those three movies, that the Fifty Shades trilogy feels like someone just Googled S&M and went with the first three links from Google and just based it off the summary. Those the- books and, and those movies, I mean, that's like, the that's how you get murdered in <laughs> In BDSM, <laughs> I mean, Gray is a stalker, and the, I mean, the rule is safe, sane, and consensual. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those tenets are violated in Fifty Shades of Gray. All, the, all three of those movies paint it poorly in bad light. And, and where I'm going with this is Secretary does not. It it is amazing how actually well and one of the only films I've seen when it deals with the subject of, you know, Dom and Sub, uh, uh, sadomasochism, it actually portrays it here in a positive light as almost a healthy thing for our two eventual lovebirds. Mm-hmm. Am I off on that, or this it this actually no. gives a, a a positive spin on it? Um, no, you're you're absolutely on the nose with that. I mean, it's uh, it, it has its little uh, gray area. <laughs> well, <laughs> any film's going to have that, yeah. <laughs> well, as far as the 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 power in the relationship, right I mean, now, and especially employer employee. Hmm. Um. You know, when I mess up at work, I've never been spanked, no matter how many times I've asked. <laughs> That's a good way to quill your, any punishment you might get. Uh, I want to talk to you to the, about this last report you gave. It was all wrong. And do you want to spank me? Um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I messed up. Thank me. Um, you know what? Uh, we'll let it go this time. <laughs> we'll let it go this time. Uh, stop by HR, though. Uh, you may want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have that here, but it's... You're right. Uh, there is the gray area. There is, if you look at it nowadays, going, oh, my God, in the, you know, the workplace and inappropriateness and that. But it's interesting with these two characters, Gray and Lee Holloway, because you're right. At first, I'm like, okay, if I remember when I first watched this, when I didn't have quite as much of an understanding, 
Um, I'm like, okay, it, it's, you know, she's a submissive, he's a, but watching it now in particular and paying closer attention, um, the power goes back and forth. Okay. And unlike, unlike the 50 shades film, and I'm sorry, I keep bringing it up, but it's, I know. it's, there's a, a correlation. There's definitely a correlation to these two films. Um, you know, she actually has strength in here where in the 50 shades, I never really felt that, you know, in, in any of those movies, the way they were written, I never felt once that the power was really back in her hands, even though they tried to portray it as such, it was like, no, in the end, the last scene, yes, I'm spoiling it. It's a spoiler room for you folks out there. In the last scene of the last movie, you have her where she supposed is, is voluntarily being submissive for Mr. Gray. Uh, but, you know, it's her choice. So that I'm like, no, watch Secretary. This is how... <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I felt this was by far a more fair and accurate portrayal of it because you can feel that these two are actually on the same level and they know it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Mr. Gray, he tries to push Lee away at one point, doesn't he? A couple of times, actually. Yeah. It, oh. it, and why do you think that is? Because, you know, people would look and go, oh, well, he's the dominant. He's the one, he's being the sadist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's well, you know. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, the, the thing about, the thing about it is, is, Everyone is submissive to somebody. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own doubts and fears. And, you know, in my personal experience, I mean, to this day, love and genuine affection for somebody mm-hmm. is the most terrifying thing right. you can ever experience because it's so precious. And, you know, finding someone that you can be at home with, you know, have such comfort with that you can flay yourself bare and, and truly be yourself. That's why Mm -hmm. he pushes her away because he realizes this is, she gets me. We, we've, we've got it. It's right here. But what if it goes south? What if this happens? What if that been his doubt and everything else just, he gets scared. Well, and and this is the cycle. Lee is a break in his cycle. Uh, James Spader plays this character beautifully. I can't go on enough about James Spader. Uh, oh, Mr. Spader, if you're listening, I've been bad. <laughs> <laughs> she, I made so many typos today. Where's your red pen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay Sorry, there you no not at all not at all i'm not at all uncomfortable i'm just sitting here going now wow mr spader uh <laughs> we could get you in contact with miss angelique if need be um 
but no, he's such a great actor. I've always liked James Spader and his performances. Yes. And in this one, it definitely he gives a layered character from the you know the the surface and the trailer and things. You're like, oh well, this is like a Mister Gray in Fifty Shades, where you know he's like, no, this is a guy who doesn't have any more confidence than Lee, and and he is used to expressing his his massic his uh, sadist ways to his secretaries and them leaving. You could tell uh, because there's that scene where he tries to fire her and she remembers the past secretary walking out when she came in to apply for the job. And you realize that he, but he does it on purpose, doesn't he? Because he doesn't expect them to stay because he thinks what his urges are, are wrong deep down. Uh kind of in in my thinking and this is where the gray area sure comes in mm-hmm. um you know he's got he he takes the polaroid of of lee right. when they first actually start down this path um when he sees her with her cutting kit at her desk after that terrible day when she's messed up he tells her she sniffs all the time you know he really mm-hmm tears her down and that would be enough to make anybody quit right but she this is this job is all she has and she holds him in such high esteem that uh, she's not gonna leave she's got to make it better right and she cuts her skirt and makes that little sacrifice to mr e edward gray mr e edward gray she cut yeah (laughs) 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 um but uh i with the secretary quitting and the flashback to that and the the exact same thing you know that brown envelope with that check Mm -hmm. and when she's like you know he gave me more than he owed me um uh, even and when i first saw the movie that was the only um icky point Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really the only point where it um, goes along with the original story, um, mm-hmm. because I, I, if I remember correctly, because I only read it once because I didn't like it because it wasn't like the movie. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's being gross. He's right. being predatory, and mm-hmm. and you know all this grooming behavior. And Lee is a vulnerable person. Right. By all accounts, I mean she she's a cutter. Her mother has to lock the knives up in the house. You know, her her dad's an alcoholic, oh, an yeah. abusive really, one. Yeah, yeah, and she's got this weirdo dude who's you know just as depressed as she is. Peter, man, I hated Peter. <laughs> I, I hate Peter so much. It's amazing how they handle this material and this story because. What on the surface just looks like, oh, you're just, you know, sex appeal or whatever, you know, quirkiness, kinkiness. Oh, underneath there's some complex characters and you're actually sitting here going, no, no, not Peter. Go with Mr. Gray, you know, yeah. the guy who spanks you. And you're, you're sitting there <laughs> actually going, no, what are you doing with Peter? Peter's a dweeb. He's more, scu- he's more scuzzy in a way than Mr. He is. He's an asshole. He is. The- I mean, like. Okay, so after her first spanking, when she has that epiphany, like, 
holy shit. <laughs> this, this is it. This is what I've needed. You know, I've need this. I need a physical manifestation and expression of my feelings. Right. You know, some people paint, some people write, some people like to wear their boyfriend's handprint on their ass. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) And, and that's what, you know, and, and she tries really hard. Maybe not in, you know, Peter, I want you to spank me. I need you to cause me a little pain. Then we'll have fun. Because the pain is fun for me. Yes. <laughs> and he's, yeah. But she, yeah. yeah, he's just clueless. She guides his hand and you know makes it kind of you know slap on her, and he's like, "You want to have sex?" No. To, to which uh, I have to say, Peter is truly a dumbass like that because when you have Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, Lee Holloway, in your mm-hmm. bed. And you're someone like Peter. You do not take things for granted. When when she says she wants you to do something, you you should do that thing. Absolutely, okay. you should. <laughs> you 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 <laughs> listen because yep. you you are very. You, it is a uh, it is very lucky for you to have such a person there, and you should listen to them. Yeah, Peter is less. He's supposed to be the supposed normal relationship that her parents and his parents want to happen, and their their relationship's more far more awkward than the relationship she has with Mister Gray. Yeah, and and I loved that. I loved them showing that this is not her life. This is not for her. Yep. Um, you know, and. It just was interesting approach to all this. You know, she's getting pressure from, you know, his, his uh, he was talking about, oh, I want to get married and have kids on the first date with them. Right. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you know, and Mr. Grace seeing that and he, here's this guy who you think is, you know, he's being... Uh, domineering in in the office but behind closed doors this guy is just as insecure as lee (laughs) he's a teddy bear and he needs a hug he does it's it's (laughs) there are so there are a number of layers to these characters and that's what i i didn't catch i honestly didn't catch first time i watched this film i'm like okay this is a little odd and quirky and okay and then now watching it this time Many years later, um, I get it more, and I appreciate this even more. And Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader play these characters so well because you just get some phenomenal scenes, and you they never play completely weak. And again, I'm drawing the parallel to Fifty Shades of Grey, but... Uh, what's her, the 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 main female character in Fifty Shades? Who I I forgot her name now. I feel bad. I don't even know. I forgot, but she was you know she's she immediately timid and and that and that's what she's portrayed. And in the movies, they don't do a very good job of showing her growth out of sight of one scene out of all three movies where it seems like she actually has some strength. Uh, you know, and in this one though, like you said. Lee is a cutter. She has still psychological issues, but she 
is not timid actually she no she has some issues but i never got the impression anyway that she was completely like oh yes you know everything mr gray oh you know she's she, not a mouse she's not a mouse exactly she still likes receiving the punishment but that does not make her the mouse and i think some people have a problem distinguishing that mm-hmm. um well the the power, you know, again, you know, we, we've said, you know, it, it's pretty well balanced as far as their, mm-hmm. their relationship goes. But the, the thing about, you know, the, the misconception that's, you know, pretty prevalent, not, well, I guess not so much anymore since the advent of Fifty Shades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the submissive holds so much power. Right. Because if the submissive says stop, mm-hmm. the game's over. Right. You're not in charge anymore. Right. No. And, uh, but she never says stop. No. But then she, again, it never gets to a place. But, well, actually, she does say stop because she, of the, she the says, few guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, Sorry, no, it, it, you know, she she does, she embraces her confidence because knowing that, you know, being, uh, what's the best way to put this, um, <laughs> trusting someone enough right. to submit to them, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And for a minute there, she does say, uh, we take a break, and he's not quite sure what she means by that. She, you know, time out, I think it was. Yeah, she, that was, she was listening to that audio tape mm-hmm. about uh, BDSM, and, and that was basically the scene stop, we're talking for real now. And that's when he goes to that chair and slumps over, and she puts her fingers in his hair, and he just kind of melts into him. Oh. <laughs> right, because and, he's still... He's actually kind of punishing himself for the way he is in that scene. You, you realize that deep down, he he thinks what he has is wrong. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and when she says time out or whatever, yeah, and he goes to the chair and, and starts whimpering and just saying, you want to leave? And, and it's like, no, she doesn't dude she gets you <laughs> you know i'm sitting here mm-hmm. i'm sitting here watching this going no dude she gets you what the hell <laughs> right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and, and then he does fire her and and, and in this because uh, he gets upset uh, after they take the the next step which was yeah. an un- unusual scene in which they don't actually have sex but uh, close uh <laughs> it was well that was i that was bold yeah a <laughs> most definitely bold and b that was just you know clicking that notch up yeah one dial higher oh really you want me to spank you i'm not gonna spank you yeah I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna degrade you the way you degraded me. Right. And and well and she that's right after she has the sex with Peter who Peter thinks he's all that in bed and she's like 
That was hilarious. Peter's like, oh he's God. all into it. And she's just like every so often, almost like on a timer. She went, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. and he doesn't oh. even notice. And she's just like, la, la, la. She's like, oh. And he doesn't even try <laughs> to reciprocate. No, he he doesn't reciprocate. He just rolls back over on the side. He thinks it was it was great, and, and it's he has the breastplate and balls to ask if he hurt her. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's yeah. and then you have the the relationship with her, Mister Gray, where it, it's this uh, S and M type of relationship, and. He's more in tune with her needs than the regular, quote-unquote, regular relationship she's supposed to be having with Peter. Yep. I, I thought that that just was interesting way to paint that light. And then she won't, is going to get married because she's, well, I got nothing else to, to do. Okay. She, after she got fully uh, fired uh, by Mr. Gray because he just couldn't handle the situation anymore. Um, because they were getting too close, and intimacy was an issue for Mr. Gray. Uh, true true intimacy is just too scary for him. And then she shows up, oh. and, and the film takes this weird turn to where she goes on a hunger strike. <laughs> well, it's not, not on purpose. No. He's, she's doing what he'd said. He told her to place her hands flat on the desk. Keep both feet on the floor until I return. And, and That's she, what she's doing. And she stayed there. And Peter comes in going, what the hell? Why'd you leave? You're my fiance. And she's like, I don't want to be with you, you creep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you. You're totally gross. Get out of my face and my feet. What's interesting, the way that scene's directed, too, is the montage between, you know, for the days that she's there with her hands and feet planted on the desk and floor in her wedding gown is you have these people come by. And at first I thought maybe that was like a montage of things she was imagining mm -hmm. until you realize, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, my thing is, you know, the, especially the, the, that first night with Peter, you know, he gets truly violent. Yeah. She has to defend herself against him. Nothing she's ever had to, to worry about with Mr. Gray. Right. Yeah. She never actually had that fear of actual harm for harm's sake to mm -hmm. her until we get Peter who grabs her and tries to pull her away and she slaps him and mm -hmm. he pushes her to the ground. And it is... It's interesting the way that I, I love how they handle this material because they show the difference between actual violence and the consensual relationship she had with Mr. Gray. Yep. 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 And, and then you get to see so much of Mr. Gray, his own self abuse. I mean, he's running on the treadmill till he's almost, you know, passing out, sleeping on the floor. Not he's eat not eating either. Yeah, because he's actually like, holy crap. Um, what do I do? I'm not used to this because I've found someone who listens to me. And they, it's like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, he finally sucks it up and realizes, 
okay, this is how it, she likes me. You know what? I'm going to give this a try. And he shows up, and I love how the, the media is there. They got people camped out on their front lawn talking about the hunger strike. And he mm -hmm. comes in, and he retrieves her. And suddenly, in, the, in what's interesting, almost a type of role-type reversal, he takes care of her in the most... Uh, soft and gentle way an intimate way that you had not seen between these two throughout the whole movie and it just made it that extra i think it's special absolutely yeah. absolutely it sounds weird i'm not saying that just because she's naked in it but the the, <laughs> the way it's directed and handled and the music and everything the lighting and all that suddenly we see their relationship just isn't about one spanking the other. They mm -hmm. they can be very close with each other. Yep. It, it's just they have a bit of a kink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know when when he's when he says, you know, we can't do this twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and she says, why not? Yeah. You know, this is exactly why not, you know, because <laughs> it's not all it's not all about the, you know, the chains and the whips and everything. It's not, you know, super secret sex dungeon. Yeah. It, you know, I'm putting my my heart and my life in someone's hands and they're doing the same thing to me. Right. To which I'm bringing it up again. It conveys it so much better here than they ever did in any three movies of the Fifty Shades. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it would have been different if James Spader had a helicopter. <laughs> and just, just <laughs> randomly crashed it, and then we don't know what happened. And, oh, wait, no, haha, I'm fine, just my clothes are dirty. What? Where? Why? What the fuck's the point of the helicopter crash scene? That served no point. You know? No. What, what I love, too, is I didn't catch it when I first watched the film, uh, first time saw it, but later on, because they have this whole thing when they are exploring each other's, uh, the, the relationship and kind of exploring things and boundaries and such, she was deliberately making typos because he made her type on a typewriter, though this is 2002, so there were computers, uh, and mm -hmm. she would make typos, and soon she was making typos on purpose, and he would circle the problems with red circles. I loved the fact, and they never really bring attention to it at first. He mm -hmm. frames all of the letters. Yes, that's so sweet. <laughs> it really is. It really is, and, and um, it's. It's this bizarre, again, the layers that they give these characters, you know, of course E. Edward Gray would do that. And, yeah. you know, anybody walking into his office looking, why, why are these letters here? They're my letters. Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> now, when that, that... Oh, go ahead. The teeny tiny typewriter desk in his office. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, as they got closer and exploring more, suddenly she moved from a desk out in the lobby to a really teeny tiny desk in his office that was a lot smaller than his, barely fit the typewriter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was an illusion, though, too. That's why I love the direction of this film, because you get a scene or two earlier where she has a little replica of the desk by the side of her bed. With a red pen on it. With the red <laughs> pen on it. And she starts having her fantasy to, to uh, uh, you know, get things rolling in bed by herself yep. for some self-pleasure. And she uses the little desk and red pen to imagine him. And I what I love about that fantasy is that every interaction she has with Mr. Gray in that fantasy is completely, it's non-sexual. Yeah. You know, he's, he's embracing her and hugging her or sitting behind his desk. Whereas when Peter intrudes on the fantasy and it truly is an intrusion, it's gross. It is gross. Peter is gross, man. It's like, (laughs) he's supposed to be quote unquote, the normal guy. And and he's gross. And yeah, he (laughs) intrudes and she, she just slams that picture down because it's distracting her from her, her real fantasy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, so many, so many layers and things going on in this film. Um, and it, it is their performances. Now, there are some other characters that show up. I mean, Leslie Ann Warren, who you won't recognize in this film as her mom, actually. Nope. Um, I didn't recognize her at first. I saw her name in the credits. I'm like, wow, who she's playing? And then I saw later, I'm like, oh, she was the mom? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't recognize her. Now, there's a couple other female characters that show up i didn't quite get the gist of them like the blonde you know the blonde Which one the, the, the paralegal or the the other lawyer the other lawyer i think it was mm. the, the the who showed up occasionally and then yeah the paralegal both of them i'm like what you know they because they, they were just always there briefly we never really get fully see them because we stick with Lee, but what what did you make with them? Do you think they knew Mr. Gray's ways? Absolutely. Or, um okay. especially the the paralegal right. number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean she was there in the office. She knew what was going on and, and might have seen it with other secretaries. Right. Um the other lawyer knew she even talked about it during uh the uh the hunger strike. Oh yeah. Um but uh, I think that perhaps, you know, in, in my fantasy world, <laughs> uh, like her and, and Mr. Gray were either married or partners mm-hmm. in a firm right. and had their little thing. But then she turned into a true dominant mm-hmm. and overtook Mr. Gray because, I mean, he seemed genuinely scared of her. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> and and when when Lee asked her if she has a message, she takes his coat off the thing and wipes her feet on it. <laughs> right? and it's like, whoa! And she says, "Sign the settlement." So I'm like, okay, are you getting divorced? Are you? Mm-hmm. Is it? Are you uh, like a, a an attorney for another client or something? You know. So yeah, it, it's never truly explained, but I think they do that on purpose because they really want you to stay focused with the Lee and Mr. Gray relationship. As much as you have these other people, it really is about them. And in a unusual, interesting, 
kinky, quirky way, this is actually a, a very sweet romance story. It really is. It really is. And it's one of those just weirdo ones like, you know, it's definitely a telling uh, date night movie. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. If you could sit down with a date night and you're, the person you're with doesn't choose to leave halfway through the film, well, then you may, you know, have something. <laughs> you know, and if, they, if they're like, okay, I, I understand it. If you're like, bang, I ain't going to hit no woman. You know? <laughs> That's not what it's about, you jackass. You totally just get out of my house. <laughs> yeah, and... It you could tell they they handled this. It was in, it's interesting because Hollywood, in general, this lifestyle is not portrayed in a positive light. I would say ninety nine percent of the time. Well, it, even in real life, it's not portrayed. No, no. <laughs> well. Even in real life, it's you know, there. Oh, there's something. It's like they've done psychology studies on these types of relationships and they aren't not saying you know that everyone's perfect by any means but they, these aren't exactly unhealthy relationships though folks either you know but you know in hollywood especially it's usually lots of leather and the dungeon and you know the dog collar all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> always dressed in goth like colors and black and black lips and it's like oh and the tattoos and you know it, it's always the shady stuff that happened at the S&M club <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it, it, it's like yeah ah. like that 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 i don't know if you you remember it but that house listing that like blew up because in the listing they had like literally a 50 shades of gray sex dungeon. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the, 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 mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's called. The cross thing and yep. everything like that. I'm like, okay, no wait, when I've got to get furniture involved, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm just a simple woman. <laughs> when yeah. it boils down to, it, I'm just I like, don't need that many appliances, really. No. I don't have that much square footage. <laughs> I mean, I I would I would love to have a, a fully finished basement, but I don't need a rack and a set of stocks. I just want a few movie seats and a giant TV. <laughs> of course, it doesn't really work out as well when I cut a hole in the bag of popcorn. But no. <laughs> Gonna reach a little further, but uh, <laughs> well, what's interesting, and I think it really, you know, you bet you touch on a good point, you know, how with uh, the females, especially, and, and the portrayal here of Lee, it's Maggie, and it's I think it's the direction of her character when she is doing uh, the certain commands by mr gray like wearing uh, the arm restriction as she tries to go get his letter and coffee but she's wearing the arm bar um mm -hmm. she actually looks she's got a little smirk to herself almost she's she's got a look on her face like this is something she is voluntarily 
doing she is not doing this against her will at any point you know it, wow. it's it's her presence am i off on that but did, i mean she plays it like that whenever she's doing these things with him you can tell that she is 100 percent on her game <laughs> she's like she's like oh you don't think i can staple something oh watch this Yes, she staples it, it with staples it with her chin. <laughs> I mean, in in all honesty, you know, ladies, who didn't try to pick up a telephone with their mouth after seeing this movie? <laughs> 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 I mean, the, the iPhone ten's a little wide, but you know. Well, now you just would I have to manage. you'd have to tap it with your nose. That's all. You just have to swipe <laughs> with your nose. You don't have to put the whole thing in your mouth. Uh, well, I mean, if it's, you know, if you're like me and you don't want the light to bother you, you you have it face down. Oh, that's on whatever true. surface. So I, you got to flip it over, and it takes a little uh, tongue dexterity. But I I am revealing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we're on we're on deep talk with Angelique Molly. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just said Angelique Boleyn. I, I, I just... I... <laughs> I'll take it. I'll do it. <laughs> but what was interesting, you mentioned that, because that's during the Songer Strike thing where she's got her hands and feet planted, and he calls her because he's fully expecting her to finally disobey and pick up the phone with her hands and she tries with her mouth and the look on his face is amazing because that's really it's like that's one of the scenes points where it sinks into him like oh shit yeah it it starts to click when he sees her trying to actually answer the phone with her mouth he's like oh crap she actually cares for me what the hell do I do now? <laughs> right. Then he goes and he does a thousand sit-ups. Yeah, he does a thousand sit-ups. He tries to do, do chin-ups till he practically collapses and, and tortures himself because he's just like, crap, no, this can't be, this can't be, this can't be. Someone can't actually like me for the way I am. This can't be. And she does. And, yeah, I mean, it sounds... I'm sure many people, it sounds weird, but it it's a touching story. And it, it sums it up to the way it ends. If you have any question at all with Lee's character and where she's at the relationship and how it's actually equal, and in some ways, like you said, she actually holds more power, it's the final scene in this movie. I loved how this movie ended because of the look she just gives the camera. Oh. Uh. After he drives off in that normal, all-American neighborhood, people mm. watering the lawn, kids playing, and here she is. Yep. You know, this is going on in your neighborhood, folks. Probably next door. Maybe even upstairs. You know. <laughs> she gives this look of smirk like, see, you couldn't tell. You wouldn't be able to tell. And oh, by the way, this is also a confidence look in her face that this is something that she wants and that you know she's also got that she doesn't have a like sad look or whatever she's got a very confident look and in fact 
by the end of this movie, Lee has more confidence in herself and who she is than she probably ever did in her life. Absolutely. And, and I, like I said, watching this again, you know, through older eyes, I'm like, why is it this film actually talked about more? I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, it, it it fell under the radar even when it first came out. Well, it didn't and, didn't have a huge budget. It only had four million budget. It didn't gross that much. It only made that money back. Mm-hmm. And do you think, Angelique, you you? You watch many a movie, and I know there's certain kinds of movies, but still, you you still watch many a movie. Would you say that you have this film and the studio had no freaking clue what to do with it? That, and I think even the the subject matter, because I mean, not not only the the BDSM, but you know, actual you know female sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that Hollywood has a problem with that. Um, yeah, that that had a big thing to do with it. I think, and mm-hmm. it was unrated, wasn't it? Uh, I do was believe so. R? I th- I think it was. It, no, it was rated R when it was oh. released. I think the video at one point they released an un unrated version, which um, was no different than the R. <laughs> <laughs> right? There might have been like a three second scene longer or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing you know the the content of it i mean there was for a movie revolving around uh, a sexual dynamic there was no real nudity until the end right and even when that was done it wasn't really sexualized nudity it was done in a tasteful artful way of nudity from the music to the way the lens and the am- camera and the way it was handled the way she was posed even yep. you know almost like a, a greek type statue when he right like a goddess almost yeah exactly like a goddess that's the impression i get where they get the one scene where he he's wiping down her back after she's out of the bat and the way she stands and the light and everything i'm like it's actually got kind of that goddess statue look to it. Yeah, well, he's worshiping her now. Mm-hmm. She's worshipped him. She's worshipped at the altar of he. Now he's it's his turn. It's his turn because he realized, holy crap, she gets me, and she's not running away in terror. He's <laughs> 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 like, I, I better treat her right uh, because... Right. Because we know now for a fact that there, you know, for him in his life, there were few and far between women that understood this. Mm-hmm. Poor Mr. Gray. Poor Mr. Gray. <laughs> um, yeah, it. it's one of those things where it n- not normalizes, but it puts in a positive spin something that, as we mentioned before, usually gets negative either portrayal or talked about negatively or talked about unhealthy or whatever in our main culture. And this film is, I felt it was really trying to show you, Hey, this can be a healthy thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because for a lot of reasons, mm -hmm. 
Because as she realizes her feelings for Mr. Gray and that she's actually found someone, she actually finally dumps her cutting tools because we see her through the first half of this film debate about getting them. She moves them from under her bed to a, a drawer in her bedroom further away from the bed, but it's still in her bedroom. And then she still takes the kit with her to work. So she still had part of it. And it's not until the point where she realizes her feelings for Mr. Gray that she actually dumps them away. And it's it's such a simple scene, but watching it, I'm like, that's actually a rather powerful scene or statement for her. Mm -hmm. Well, when he tells her, you know, when they first begin, when she, you know, sits down on the couch with him and accepts his hot chocolate and he asked her, you know, he's starting to get a little truly intimate with her mm-hmm. and he asks her what, what that kit's about and he tells her, you will never, ever cut yourself again. And she held on to the tools, but then, like you said, realizes, no, I, I won't ever cut mm-hmm. myself again. I don't need to anymore. Yeah, because that's when they start exploring the relationship and she's calling him on what she should eat at dinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Talk about it. The dinner. The dinner. Oh, please. <laughs> a small dollop of uh, mashed potatoes. One scoop of mashed potatoes, right. a pat of butter, four peas. <laughs> And all the ice cream that you can eat. There you go. <laughs> please, Daddy, please. <laughs> well, you get that she didn't have that in her life. With with her issue, you know, with her psychological, you know, what she went to get therapy for and she was committed for in that. The dad was an alcoholic who was probably trying to ignore her problem and mom was, in a way, doing everything but telling her, don't do this anymore. You know, it, it, it almost felt like she didn't have an actual authority figure in her life. Right. There was absolutely no control or guidance. Right. And not to make it, you know, a electric complex or anything like that. She wasn't looking for a father figure. She wasn't looking for that. She just needed order. Yeah. Her her family was chaotic because of, of you know, many things. Her, uh, you know, you had her, her uh, sister who had her more, like, you know, <laughs> valley-type friends. Her sister was terrible. <laughs> she was. She was terrible. And, well, her and her sister and her sister's husband lived in the back house at their place. It's like, what? Uh-huh. And then, you know, the dad drank a lot, and then the mom, uh, yeah, it was, she's always seemed to, she must have had, always had chaos, you get the impression, in her life, and she was the type of person that needed some order, some control, some rules, Mm -hmm. and I don't think her mom ever really set the rules, like, I mean, well, you get it, it, you get the scene in there where she's living at home, and mom, instead of telling Lee, no, do not cut yourself. Do not use my knives to cut yourself. Instead of coming down on Lee and saying, do not do this, she packs all the knives away. She seals up the cupboards. 
you know, everything but just tell her don't. Laying down the law. Yeah, exactly. You know, we need an understanding here. Don't cut yourself. Right. Period. And <laughs> and you get the impression she never actually got that from her parents when she needed it when she was younger, you know. It was probably yeah. one of those things where we're talking late 90s or whatnot. The parents were like, oh, you know, they just don't understand me. Oh, I just don't understand her. And, you know, mm-hmm. kids will be, you know, she's just going through a phase or what, you know, when she... <laughs> the phase. Yes. <laughs> When she actually was one that just kind of needed uh, the rules of the household, which you get the feeling were very soft um, or not at all. <laughs> right. It, and, well, I mean, I also got the, the feeling that, like, maybe her sister was, you know, the favorite. Oh, yeah. Maybe Lee just was flew under the radar. A lot of attention was, you get the feeling a lot of attention was guided towards her older sister um, as well, you know. And so she, you're right, she flew under the radar possibly. She may have been uh, a cutter for a while to try, you know, possibly for some attention in some way and never got it. (laughs) And then it, it spiraled out, you know. I mean, there's many things, but they handle it so well in this film. And I am going back to it one more time before we close out for the night. Cause I, I think we've, we've peaked this out pretty quick, but 50 shades <laughs> doesn't. Okay. 50 shades. I'm going to spoil it for you. 50 shades portrays it as the reason Mr. Gray is the way he is in the movies of 50 shades of gray. You learn was because he was introduced to the lifestyle when he was a teenager by an older female friend of his mother's, who's played by Kim Basinger, which people who are watching Fifty Shades of Grey won't realize why that's stunt casting, unless you've seen Nine and a Half Weeks. Um, (laughs) Now, we've talked about Fifty Shades being a terrible example of a BDSM movie. Mm -hmm. Nine and a Half Weeks is a pretty decent example of a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But there was a reason why she was cast in Fifty Shades, but nobody would really get that unless they were... Well, over... no. Yeah. <laughs> but her character, unfortunately, is one that's portrayed as someone who was predatory on a teenage Mr. Gray, and that's why he was the way he was which is completely gross and terrible and not healthy. Right. And the way the film handles it is so carelessly, it gives you the impression they're implying this lifestyle. If you're into it, it's because this very gross things happened to you when you were young or something. You you know what I mean? Just the way they handle it is just so careless. And like I said, let me Google that for you. Um, that it, it was it was really sad to see because I'm like, what the hell message are you trying to convey here? Whereas, you know, we have secretary, which is opposite. It's just portraying, showing you look. Okay. <laughs> These, there are people it's who... It's okay. It's, it's okay. There are people who... This is their thing, 
and there doesn't necessarily have to be anything majorly gross to have happened to them in order for them to be this way. Right. You know? Right. Um, and, and that's what it, I love about it. Right. And it could be spun that, you know, well, okay, well, she's replaced cutting with masochism. <sighs> but that's not the case, especially when um, he fires her and she's away. She goes out and tries to find somebody in the scene to see, okay, well, all right, didn't work out with Mr. Gray. Maybe I can find somebody. And she, again, that power, when she's talking about the first guy who tried to, you know, grab and pinch my nipples before we even got to his car, that didn't work out. This other dude who wanted me to pee on his back porch. And then the other guy who wanted me to throw tomatoes at him while he's chained to a gas stove. That was turned on. Right. I'm like, did they get my dating history? (laughs) (laughs) Really? And that's, again, the, the, I I don't know if it's, uh, if it's a difference between, you know, a, a, a macho dude's perception of what this type of relationship is. Right. You know, or, I mean, well, not even a macho dude, just uh, even 50 shades. I mean, honestly, when you, when it boils down to it, that's the perception of, of this, you know, okay, I'm a submissive. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I want you, you know, I'm going to let you do super horrible, gross and, and harmful things to me. No, I've got some decency and I'm a human being, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up the, you know, I, I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the dating scene after her and Mr. Gray, you know, uh, part ways for a while because you could easily see, okay, well, they're saying the cutting is replacing that, but she doesn't go back to the exactly. cutting. You're right. Yep. She She's like, I've found my thing. And I want to explore it. And she just hits some duds or people who they themselves don't understand. The guys that she ends up picking up in the scene, quote unquote, are actually guys who don't get it either. Right. <laughs> the, like you said, it's kind of their macho perception or their, their, the way they think it is, but it's not truly it. And this uh, screenplay was written by the same person who gave us an interesting film called Chloe, um, and she also wrote the screenplay for The Girl on the Train. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't realize that at first, which I didn't quite uh, care for a lot of the ways The Girl on the Train was, but I think that was more in the direction. But still, um, she does take write interesting characters, uh, female characters especially, and... Yeah, I mean, this was her first screenplay based off of the short story uh, by Mary Gateskill, which uh, you said you didn't care because it was very different from... It was it was gross. It was gross. <laughs> yeah, it was not like, not as Fifty Shades bad, but it was... Sure. Um, it was predatory sure. and definitely didn't ring the same as as what 
they created with this screenplay. So you can accredit Erin, uh, Cressida Wilson, for actually bringing to you <laughs> a film <laughs> that is different from the source material in many ways, but in many ways is a film that really should be seen, I think, by more people. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's quirky. There's awkward moments. They're supposed to be awkward, but there's some humorous moments. And the performance by Spader and Gyllenhaal. Oh, my. Oh. Uh, it is. It just... I, just the, and there's not a lot of dialogue. Mm -mm. I, Mr. Gray speaks, what, maybe 10 lines in the whole movie? About that, maybe. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... it's and... and a lot of Lee's speech is all voiceover. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's a lot of back and forth. It's all very, you know, the looks that they give and their facial expressions. Like, you know, in the beginning, you know, I don't, I don't know if you picked it out, but especially, you know, watching it again today, you know, how tired she looks, mm -hmm. how exhausted. And then it, as as things progress with Mr. Gray, she's rested. Her skin looks better. She's carrying herself differently. You know, it's just this. It's like a flower, like one of those orchids that he's caring for. He, she walks different. You're absolutely right. Her skin tone's better. She because she was looking a bit sickly in the beginning of the movie, and and you know arms by her side or whatnot and. Yeah, you're right. She she goes through a transformation, um, mm -hmm. and the orchids. I, I yeah, I, I thought that was interesting how he took care of the orchids. I'm like, I'm not a flower person at all, so I have no idea what he's injecting into the flowers. But he's watering them. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's orchids are extremely delicate and mm -hmm. temperamental, and that's such a parallel him raising these flowers to be so beautiful and healthy to what he does with Lee. Right. And she actually is good for him as well mm -hmm. because at the end of the film, not only is she smiling and flush and, and the coloring too that they do, they play with the color palette as well because it starts off colder in the beginning. And by the end, it's this warm, sunny tones yeah. Um, even his bedroom when they're together, suddenly it's sunlit and, <laughs> and, and, you know, all homey and everything. But he, at the end of the film, seems happier yep. and actually confident and sure of himself. Um, so two lost, you know, souls end up finding each other in the end. Aww. I know I'm 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 a sappy romantic that way, but it's it, it it's true, you know. I mean, it be, totally is below the surface. If you could get past a bit of the awkwardness and, and the subject matter that might make people feel uncomfortable, at its core, that's what this is about. <laughs> mm hmm It's it's completely that, and and I mean, just to not even not even the 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 whole thing when she's got her hands on the desk and Peter asks her if she's doing something sexual mm -hmm. and she looks at him and says, does it look sexual to you? Yeah. 
it's not it's not about the sex or the the sexual contact or anything it's about the intimacy it's about laying yourself bare mm -hmm. the the and, the relationship the actual connection that they have yep. <laughs> it's about trust and it's about you know finding your match Yes. So there you have it, folks. I hope this wet your whistle to try to maybe visit this again. Please do, especially if you've seen any of the Fifty Shades movies. Please watch this film. Uh -huh. it, it does it so much better. And I, again, some of the characters and stuff and the way they're handled, I'm like, wow. It's, it, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't get him for plagiarism. Uh <laughs> Because, and the soundtrack you get to hear leonard cohen oh that that is okay the one complaint i have about this this film although it is for the awkward scene between her and peter making out on the bed so it is fitting there are certain people who should not sing certain songs are you referring to cake <laughs> What's funny is I, I heard that on a Spotify channel, on the 90s hit Spotify channel, like a week before I watched this film. And so I'm watching going, oh my God, there it is again. <laughs> but the rest of the soundtrack, though, you've got a Little Richard deep mm -hmm. cut. You've got Twin Peaks himself, Angelo Badalamente. I mm -hmm. just said that wrong. Well, I don't care. It, close enough. <laughs> and you've got freaking leonard cohen yes and and that's all really good stuff it it just has the cake singing <laughs> oh it was it i will sur survive <laughs> i i'm like they're just no no that doesn't that <laughs> let's let's take this power ballad and ruin it Take this, this wonderful female empowerment power ballad and have Cake sing it. <laughs> well, I don't think they told them to. I think Cake just did it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think. Was this after short skirt, long jacket? I, it might have been. Um, oh, my God. This. Oh. Oh, yeah, so that was the only thing in this entire film that I was just actually cringing at was that was was I was like, oh crap, that's from here. Why? Well, it just made it double cringe. I mean, you're dealing with Peter and you got a horrible song, so yeah. it just that whole scene's just like Ugh. the whole scene's just <laughs> off, which may be why they picked it. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe it was a dig on cake. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, cake. We're gonna play you over the sucky part of the movie. <laughs> Humans rule. Cake can suck it. There you go. <laughs> and on that note, I think we'll wrap it up for the night. Oh, thank you, Angelique, for uh, doing this episode with me. Uh, it was oh, thanks for having me. It was great revisiting this film. I have a full, different appreciation for it in a better way than I when I first saw it. Um. And yeah, folks, really, it is one that should be talked about more and looked at because uh, it is a, a break from the norms. And it's widely available now. It is. It is very widely available. 
So you have no reason not to watch it. If anything, for the great performances. So uh, now this is where I give my 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 wonderful guests a license to shill. So Angelique, I know you got a couple things to shill. I listened to one the other day. Uh, so go ahead. Great. Well, um, you can find me on Facebook, of course. Um, you can hear me on uh, Film Jerks, uh, on all the gimmicks, um, some old Astro Radio Z episodes. And you can also hear me on a series uh, by Dream Realms Enterprises called Robots of the Company. We just released uh, the first episode in the new season. Which was fun to hear you as a robot. Um, <laughs> oh, in the Night Keep. Oh, yes, and can't forget the Night Keep as well. Yeah, so, we're, we're all family here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, check out those uh, fantastic things that Angelique is involved in. I uh, thank you again, Angelique. And now I think we'll just say a good night, everyone. Well, okay, I was naughty. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So we'll, we'll talk later. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all my friends out there looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive Spoiler Room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on the Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the Spoiler Room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies. <laughs>